Yes. So, um, yeah, the thing I found out this week is apparently I'm angry at time, <laughs> which I never, uh, I never would have guessed since about like age seven, I've been completely pissed off that everything must go. Yeah. And like, they say that's, they say like, that's oh, cool. There's nothing to drink in the booth. Thanks, Derek. Okay. <laughs> Swear to God, Derek. Empty us. soda cup here. <laughs> yeah. I have that. What do we have interns for? I, I don't even know. Um, they hate us, which they should. Um, <laughs> they, um, oh, this, so they say like the reason people break up on like holidays and birthdays and stuff is because uh-huh. anniversaries are reminders of time basically right this is all this is all because i've been i don't don't like lynn can't hear us right now right i've been reading that uh brochure from new horizons called why we did what we did right and there's a sentence in there check this out it literally says there's nothing like death or a scrape with the impermanence of everything to bring out behavior in ourselves that even we don't recognize or understand as characteristic. I'm just angry that that rash showed up and then just went away, you know? Like, it gives me two weeks of itchiness and then severe pain, and then it just vanishes. Like, give me something to work with. I almost miss it. There's something in that brochure about missing pain, which is weird. You should check that out. Oh, we are up in 30, coming out of the ID. The raddest morning team in Los Angeles. They're really doing their best. <laughs> I got a crush. No regrets. Coffee shop work. But she won't look up at me. The Southland is waking up with Machine Bolt Kennedy and El Farto in the morning. You are the luckiest person in Los Angeles because you're getting your day started with the number three morning show in the Southland. And we're the luckiest alternative rock DJs because you're joining us. And it's just a totally rad situation where we're all feeling an awesome amount of gratitude. I am El Farto. That is Machine Bolt Kennedy. And this is K-Pod 101.3. Top of the morning to you. An epic morning out there this 30th day of July, 1998, man. I am like, I am feeling good. Good. I got to be honest with you. We've got a special guest in studio today. Paul Myers is going to be dropping in. You might know him as the frontman and songwriter for the band The Gravelberries. They had oh, yeah. a uh, big 90s hit single, Wonder Where You Are Tonight, which is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the talent of this guy. I have a psychic hunch that over the next 8,620 days, he'll go on to form a band, uh, a duo called the Paul and John releasing what will be a brilliant album called Inner Sunset. I also have a psychic vision that one of my favorite songs, Everything Comes Together, will be on that album. Uh, wow. Something also tells me I am really, I am really, <laughs> You're really predicting a lot today. <laughs> yeah. Something.
something also tells me that he's going to write some incredible books, a, uh, a biography of the Bare Naked Ladies, a wizard, a true star, Todd Rundgren in the studio, kids in the hall, one dumb guy, and more. But that's the future, man. Let me get back to today, July 30th, 1998, when in just a few minutes, he'll be joining us in the studio to talk about moving from Canada to America. That'll be a trip. News you can use, but first I got to tell these folks what we saw in Crazy Sign Guy's sign today. I mean, this guy doesn't even realize how much content he's given us for the show. This may be his finest work yet. Sign goes, God is busy. Make some coffee and do your laundry. (laughs) So great. You know, I'm tired of every time I get in hot water, like being banned from Pet Boys or AutoZone or something. There's always some Angelino telling me that, the universe has a plan and a higher power will take care of it. It's so true. I think sign guy's right. The universe has a full plate, man. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's easy for him to tell everyone to do their laundry. He probably doesn't have skater youth hot boxing his laundry room with cloves <laughs> and uh, hassling him about his hairstyle. Hey, man, if you're um, dating Steph, it's none of my business, but just be careful, man. She doesn't believe in monogamy and... Uh, you and Kath could still be getting back together. You never really know. And um, and Kath's good for you, man. I mean, I, I, I agree with that. But Kath is is moving to Seattle. And um, I'm not dating Steph. I've I've uh, socialized with her a couple of times. But it's okay. not. It, there's no romantic element to it at all. Good mental health. Lynn, come on. I swear Just take I'd... the carts away from Lynn. Hey, Derek, I'm like promoting you field promotion. You're now Lynn's boss. Take the carts away from get her out of the booth. Battlefield upgrade. Uh, You are now (laughs) off IDs and on to carts. We've got this uh, live read we have to do from Eric. You know, this is a problem. We encourage him to sell more advertising. And uh, then he sells this kind of stuff. And we have to do live reads. This is for great Great Western financial. Here we go. I yeah, it, it, I mean, what are we going to do but do, but do it, right? <laughs> it's normal. Everyone does it. You're going to make a few mistakes when trying to get answers about financial planning. For instance, at your assistant manager's funeral, you'll ask his widow for financial advice. You'll work at Starlight Catering Company in Burbank for maybe three years and never know that your assistant manager was rich. He'll commit suicide for some reason, and between the funeral and the memorial back at the house, you'll get a pretty sweet look at how this guy was living, and it wasn't too shabby, to put it mildly. The house will be nicer than anything you grew up in. There'll be two cars and a Jeep, and one of those BMW motorcycles that rich people in the movies always ride. It'll be heartbreaking that he decided to get aroused and suffocate himself with a contraption and prosthesis, but you won't be able to get over the fact that he saved so much and probably didn't make a huge salary. That's when you'll say, I'm sorry that your husband decided to get turned on and pay someone to suffocate him to death with that thing because he was so unhappy. But what's the one thing he knew that rich people don't tell everyday people about investing? You will be asked to leave. If you're smart, you'll drive right over to Great Western Financial and get the answers you need. With over 70 locations in the Southland, it's hard to ever make another mistake when it comes to financial planning. Great Western Financial. No more mistakes. Registered trademark. 
Does Eric write these things, man? That this was like so weirdly specific. Weirdly you know? specific. And he worked as a cater waiter before he got into ad sales, which is just like, oh, man. You know, we got to change everybody's position. Derek can yeah. go on to carts. He's off IDs. And uh, Eric in ad sales probably shouldn't be doing the copywriting. Hey, I see uh, I see Derek letting Paul Myers into the, uh, into the booth. Uh, welcome to our there guest, is. Paul Myers. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you guys doing, man? It's really, uh, why am I here? How did this happen? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Anyway, uh, hi, I gotta hi guys. tell you, you have got a couple of huge fans over here. Uh, Gravelberries, uh, wonder where you are tonight. I, I'm not going to get into the personal connection I have with that song, especially these days. And it came out, uh, it came out a few years ago, but it's still means more than ever before to me. This thing about wondering where where someone is tonight. It's uh <laughs> anyway, you've got huge fans over here. That's how this happened. Well, uh I'm I'm flattered and thank you. And uh it's really interesting cuz you know, the band kind of dissolved, the the Gravelberries kind of dissolved just a few years ago. What? And, oh uh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, but the thing is I've been writing songs and I've got all these other things I'm doing. I st- I'm I uh I'm actually been doing a lot of solo shows in the Bay Area and I've met some really interesting people down here. So it's actually really kind of neat, but but talk about an overhaul of of life. I mean, I mean, one of the songs I just wrote was like where I said, uh, all the streets, it's not a U2 thing, but it's like all the streets have new, have new names, Be, uh, kind of approaching it like I'm walking around, but I don't recognize names like, I don't recognize names like Valencia right. or, right. Uh, you know, Fell Street or Oak Street or, you know, Mission Street. Like these are all new to me and it's, and you get lost in San Francisco. It's like streets don't, you think you're going one direction and all of a sudden you're turning the whole street is turning yeah, right. A, I mean, it's a grid, but then yeah. the grid will just suddenly turn like a, 270 yeah. degrees on you. I mean, I haven't been back yeah. there since I got clean and sober, but I, I remember when I was, uh, when I was partying and I would go up to, up to the bay, I would uh, I would get very confused, you know. Well, I gotta say two things, Paul Myers. You are on to something by approaching the uh, streets and their names like that. The thing Bono, I think, got wrong with "Streets Have No Name," where the streets have no name. It's like I spend the whole song going, "Wait a minute, you're telling me there's a city where none of the streets are <laughs> named?" You know, it's like one. <laughs> I'm having a hard time making that handshake at the beginning of the song. Two, I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell would I do? How would I get around? How would I, you know, how would I tell Alfarto, uh, I'm going to Casa Vega. Oh, where is it? You know, let's say he didn't know where it is. Uh, you got to go down sort of that big street by the Galpin <laughs> and then go to that street that's by the big elevated five or eight lean street into the freeway street and then go to the boulevard street and you'll see constantly we would never meet up you know so for you to at least be saying hey the streets don't have no names but they do have names i don't recognize is something i can get behind revolutionary and that you know to quote one of their recent songs is the sweetest thing <laughs> i <Yeah>. love this <laughs> guy man. i love i love working in contemporary references sure, yeah. you know let me let me ask you this i've wanted to ask you this for 3 years now man there's a lyric in wonder where you are tonight where you you posit 
are you maybe hanging out in Little Rock? Yes. Every time I hear it, I'm like, does this dude know somebody in Arkansas? Because I see you as, you know, Toronto uh, singer songwriter, power pop guy who is now living in the States, living up in the Bay Area. And uh, and I'm sitting there going all in my head, speaking of streets, not having names. I'll sit there and go, how the hell did he go through Arkansas on his way to California from Toronto? (laughs) Not a direct flight. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, though, I'm asking where she is. So so I think the idea is that this guy's got an atlas out in front of him and he's like looking at the book and he's going, is she laying low in Little Rock or, you know, hanging in the Eastern Block? Like and the idea was like just it could be there, it could be there. I mean, I'm hugely inspired by guys like Andy Partridge lyrically who would have, you know, maybe Elvis Costello would have done something similar too. like those are the the people who just throw out things, you know, the things so you can go reference and go look them up in the library if you need to. You know, wow. like, so. Although the weirdest thing is people sometimes think it has to do with Bill Clinton, which is like kind of crazy. I had no uh, I had no thought in my head. Of course, people are going to think Bill Clinton's from Little Rock. Right. So. Um, you know, so I don't know, but it, and I actually had to look it up myself to find out where it was because <laughs> I think I knew it was in Arkansas. That's all I knew. But anyway, do you take a lot of inspiration from John Denver? Because he reputedly had never been to West Virginia when he wrote that song. Is that true? That's the word on the streets. I mean, wow. <laughs> no. The only John Denver song that really inspired me was uh, a song he wrote for the Starland vocal band called Afternoon Delight. And I'm not going to tell you the rest of that story. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. If I didn't live in an apartment, Apartment with 346 animals and two grown oh, men. I would uh, I would be just as into that as you are. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm glad there's a story behind that lyric in uh, in the Gravelberry single because we yeah. at one point we were listening to a Foo Fighters song, uh, "Learning to Fly" or "Learn to Fly" or one of these things, and uh, I remember saying, "God, you know, it's like this guy is really he's really speaking to me, man." This was after we got back from rehab. I thought I really right. connect with this. I want to be a part of it and uh we have a producer here lynn who actually had some connection to their management and uh, she said it's literally about the guy you know dave grohl was just uh gonna take flying lessons it was like, oh, all right. Well, uh, it, you know. It's like you wanted a better yeah, story than that. I was like, that. no, he's talking to me, man. I'm getting out of New Horizons. I'm really getting my act together. I'm going to learn to fly. You know, we're going to get, we were number four. We're up to number three now. And I was like, we're learning to fly. And then I remember we're not learning to fly. That was about taking flying lessons. And we've worked really hard to get up to number three. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have. A lot of people have pointed out that uh, the number four morning team uh, drove their party patrol van off of a cliff and then the number three morning team changed format to soft rock. So like technically you can make the case that we didn't move up the charts uh, of our own volition. But I think that, uh, you know, we'd be slipping down if if the show wasn't really firing on all cylinders, right? (laughs) Yeah. Any way you get up there, am I right? I mean, listen, if you found out tomorrow that the guys in... uh, Bare naked ladies were in three plane crashes that wiped out the whole band and management. And that meant that, uh, you know, everyone turned to the Gravelberries uh, CD and that became number one. You'd be like, look, I'm number one. I'm not going to sit here and explain why I'm number one. Worst things could happen. Do you know what's really funny? You should mention them because I came out of the Toronto scene in the early 90s. I was, you know, in the Paul Myers band, which then became the Gravelberries through some various changes. Actually, there's a funny quick story there. Uh, we had a bass player audition to join 
the Paul Myers band. And the first thing he said when he got in the band was, you know, I don't like being in the band where it's just one person's name. I'm like, you just joined my band. And he said, <laughs> but he goes, but, but it, like in that famous sort of uh, Beatles memo where the Beatles got a memo saying guitar groups are on the way out. He said, uh, bands need to have a band name. You need to have them. You're not going to make it with the Paul Myers band. It sounds like a blues band. And we weren't really a blues band. So so I said, well, OK, well, what? And so we had a meeting. I that just shows you who I am, by the way. I went, OK, sure. Um, and Polite, uh, Canadian. Yeah, exactly. So we uh, I realized I was a huge fan of the Flintstones. And uh, sure. there's a great episode. And it really resonates with indie rock because uh, Wilma Flintstone makes this pie out of gravel berries. And it's the gravel berry pie. And I was like. And then Fred goes and sells them and he sells them like, you know, they're homegrown and home sold on the side of the road because he has this bad deal with Mr. Safestone that goes badly. Um, you know, look it up. And uh, and no, I think everybody listening knows exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's the gravel berry pie. Just yeah. lost in the episode. It was great. I, it's the gravel berry pie king episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, uh, you know, hope, hopefully Quentin Tarantino will make a dramatized version of it someday. But so he and he, you know, the whole point is also he sells them by the side of the road and spoils Spoiler alert, you know, they start to melt because he, he realizes that, you know, being an independent uh, retailer is a little harder. So I like that as a name for it. And I didn't want to call the band Gravelberry Pie because sound, that sounds like an improv troupe, right? So I. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I think I got kicked out of Gravelberry Pie because I, I couldn't yes and. That's right. You were no ending the whole time, right? The whole time. Uh, Be careful calling anything Gravelberry Pie because Lauren Michaels will sign you to a three season <laughs> deal. You know, <laughs> actually, uh, my other friends are the kids in the hall, so I know exactly what you mean. Wow, man, how you know everybody? Here's the thing that amazes me: is you, you're one of those guys who meets all of these cool people, and uh, El Farto and I, equally creative. I'm not going to say equally talented, but uh, because we can't write a song, we've tried, but no, it's, uh, it's gone very was, badly. Very terrible. He wanted to write a, a favorable song about Stephanie. I wanted to write her lyrically, portray her as unfavorable. I'm getting, I'm digressing. The point is, yeah, we don't need to go in the specifics of the song that we failed at writing. Equally, uh, equally connected. I feel like just in in Los Angeles instead of Toronto or or San Francisco. But we don't know anybody like that. Folks tend to not know. We're famous. We're celebrities. But people tend to not know who we are. You know, you get off air and it's like you're suddenly just an anonymous schmo at the Ralphs. It's, yeah. So it's not like the whole song Malibu, which I hear that every time I hear that on the radio, I always think that celebrity skin and that whole vibe, like that whole uh, L.A. scene. Like, I, I guess I, I over dramatize it based on some Courtney stuff. Like, I don't know. Here's what I'm talking about. That album doesn't come out until <laughs> September. Everybody who's anybody I is talking advanced. about how they've heard rough mixes and yeah. this, that and the other thing. Oh, and man. you come on the show and you're like, hey, it's like the fourth track off of the next whole album. I, I'm like, well, I assume you guys something a uh, reference to a track that the listeners haven't heard yeah, yet. I'm sorry. You know what? I guess like, I've been ha carrying around a little cassette that you know I got from the record company, so I assume that we all had wow. it. And I, I, just I, I didn't even check. This I didn't even kills. check. This was exactly what I was talking about. We're DJs, and we have no. I I talk to the Geffen rep. I'm like, hey, I heard uh, I heard Holes got a new album coming out. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, in the meantime, uh, take a look at the. You know, and it's like, yeah. Uh, you know. This is what I'm talking about. It's like we're celebrities. 
start giving us some celebrity perks. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, like you're moving, you move from from Canada to to California. You you got that fifteen percent rule up there in Canada, where you know the the radio up there has to play a certain amount of Canadian music. Did it make it? harder to maintain your your you know high flying celebrity lifestyle moving to California because of because that goes away oh, the, like almost like a government subsidy for artists well yeah i mean it, I, the thing about the, they call it the cancon rule which stands for canadian content and that that came out like 1971 and the idea was that we were so dwarfed in canada by like so much in the shadow of american culture and to some extent british culture that they said you know would it be great if there was a little bit of protectionism here to sort of let Canadian artists have a chance. And the the well-intentioned part of that is actually really good because it did create a an industry that allowed for uh, people to hear their own voices and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting idea, like allowing Canada to have its own celebrities. Yeah, and then and then the idea being that we would also, you know, keep the, the work at home because so many people, I mean, I, I came to California kind of just because I'd sort of run run myself into a corner in Toronto. I felt like I'd done it all. Oh, yeah. A lot of ex-dealers kind of coming for you, <laughs> wanting, to, uh, wanting to get yeah. paid. Yeah, we've <laughs> been there. We have this guy named Bloodhound that uh, we couldn't shake him for the longest time. It was like, are we going to have to leave L.A.? That was the other thing is I, I, I drank myself into a hole like in Toronto in 90, like 96, I think. It was, just became the worst. And then I just, 97, the first thing I did when I I moved in 97 was I just said, you know what? I'm going to see if I can go a few days without drinking. And then that's uh, I've kept that up now for a year and a half. So that's pretty great. That's amazing. Wow. That's, uh, you got sober right around the same time as we did. I mean, we needed yeah. to go away to Malibu for two months, but it sounds like uh, we're on very much on the same path right now. I mean, in fairness, he did it because he wanted to be a better person. And we were uh, handcuffed and forced into a facility. <laughs> it was an FCC settlement. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we caused a lot of property damage to the studio and uh, had an unpaid suspension and then had yeah. to sign waivers. What do they call them? Waivers or contracts or something? Agreements? Promise? Slips Covenant? or something? Is that what, was that the word? <laughs> I think it was, where we promised not to drink, uh, not only on the air, but not uh, not at all. So We've had to change our whole lifestyles because of, you, know, you, you fire one nautical flare through the window at work and it's like the, the world comes crashing down on you. I I tried to make the argument that it wasn't us because at one point, you know, the substances, I can't go too far on this because the FCC still listens in uh, because we were on the air. Some things shifted our personality, a substance or something. We had put on uh, latex masks, uh, right. Nixon and Reagan. And that's when when El Farto fired the nautical flare through the exterior window and broke it in just this violent, bright red flash, uh, and then stabbed a big paper made into his own thigh and screamed. And I started cracking up uh, as Nixon, saying we should build a half pipe in the parking lot. And my <laughs> lawyers tried to tried to argue that we were in characters as these former presidents and shouldn't be prosecuted. Have you ever had an experience like that, Paul? <laughs> yeah. If I had a nickel for every time that that's come up. Um, so this is kind of why you had to leave Toronto, I'm, I'm gathering. But, you know, I, I, I do want to get back to something that's funny. You mentioned the Bare Naked Ladies, you know, so they were kind of fr friends of mine. We hung out really well. They opened for me 
This is like the classic story, right? This is how I knew maybe I was, my time was up is that they were opening for me. They were these exuberant kids. They were like kind of rappy as well as kind of folky and kind of funny. And it was kind yeah. of an original, well, you know, what now we might call college rock, but they were, they were really hip and I really dug them. And they were just so, they're such good guys that, you know, even if you felt like they were stealing the show, you were like, yeah, why not? They're great. And then the next time, um, the, the gig was coming around, they were going to open for me again. Uh, I just said, you know what, <laughs> you should let us be the opening act for you because, because it was, it was embarrassing. They would bring all these people out and I'm, you know, I'm not kidding, but then we kind of became friends. And then, um, the recently, so I've been down here doing some writing and they contacted me because I've been doing writing and they like what I, I wrote a, an op-ed. Oh yeah. I wrote an article about a, like another musician friend of ours, Ron Sexsmith. And, and they, um, they, these are great songwriter, by the way, if you ever hear about that guy, but so they called me and they said, we're down here in, in um, they were actually in Texas at the time. This album that just came out in July uh, 7th actually just came out a few weeks ago, but I've had it, like I said, for like a few months now. And, right. uh, God. and they, you this know? album called stunt. And I, I swear Bare Naked Ladies are about to be all over the radio. Like they, uh, they have this song called One Week that is, it's so catchy. It's like, yeah. and they're going to get a big video done. It's going to be, they're getting the full treatment. So they asked me to write this book that I'm writing. It's going to come out in a while. But uh, that's so uncanny because like Machine Bolt was just saying he thought you would write a book about them. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, no, th really? Th that is the, yeah, I have this psychic hunch thing that I wish to God I could use uh, for personal reasons yeah. to actually get my life together. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I had this hunch that you were going to be writing. Writing a book about that band, which is weird because I'm going to go out on another limb here. And I, I, I got to tell you, I don't think anyone outside of Canada is ever going to know the band name Bare Naked Ladies. Like it, it's 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 just I mean, we gotta, got in trouble with the FCC. We know that they're sensitive. You, know? you can't say that on the you air, man. <laughs> well, what's, you know, what's interesting is like I, I would have thought that, too. But I was just talking to these Warner uh, American Warner uh, music guys and they were like no seriously we're, we're gonna promote them and i think they were like a little concerned that you know it's five dudes and there's no bare naked ladies in the actual band and it made me wonder right. if Is maybe, it false advertising well, it made me wonder also yeah. is if they got signed by some you know some uh, you know because everyone knows that everyone in the record business especially the men are very wholesome and they, they probably just wanted to date these bare naked ladies in, in a very respectful right. way sure well I've got news for this band. Uh, they're going to try to get their album into a chain uh, like Tower or or uh, any any number, FYE, any of these stores. And uh, the chain is going to refuse to carry it because of the controversial band name. And the, the albums and CDs are going to be instantly reprinted. And their band is going to be called Attractive Ladies. And they're going to be in a hell of a bind. Yeah, that's, I mean, the, the only place you'll be able to find the original is at, like, the uh, used section at Amoeba. <laughs> Speaking of the different departments of record stores, I think since we have Paul Myers on the show today, he might be able to weigh in on this. We received a weird cassette. We have a super fan of sorts, uh, Tim from Tower. He works at Tower Sunset. He works in the blank media department. Oh, uh, working hard to unseat Super Collar Mike as our 
most frequent call-in. Well, not say. only that, but El Farto noted on the, I think last week on the show, he said, I almost wonder if he's coming for our jobs. So today, <laughs> this cassette arrives at the station, and it's Tim from Tower on the ham radio doing his own morning show. Uh, he gave us like a minute and a half excerpt. I think we should, Paul, can you stick around and we'll just jump into this sure, thing and, sure. and kind of hear what the hell's going on? I'm clearly on. not going anywhere, yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's Tim. I'm calling in ham radio official 2AA-2. That is 2AA-2AZ, Arizona, Arizona. What is going on with this? Hey, everybody, it's Tim Tower. Uh, I'm on the radio. Uh, thanks for tuning in. You're in the greatest number one uh, in the Southland. Wow. We're here to um, talk about the Castro Castro. All right, let's put this down. <laughs> this is like yeah. a, hey, if people yeah. are just tuning in, you're not listening to Tim on the radio. You're listening to K-Pod 101.3, the double D. Machine Bolt, oh, Alfarto. man. I, don't, I mean, Paul Myers, you record, you you engineer and produce. What, what does Tim from Tower need to do when he's recording this ham radio show of his? Well, there's definitely, um, the first thing I noticed was, uh, uh, you know, if I may, I don't want to be too rude about this, but there's a... a an overabundance of white noise on the on the on the program, and, <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah. I would suggest some kind of filtering. Uh, yeah, okay, you know, maybe. Okay. I'm wondering if it's yeah. like a if it, if that was like an aesthetic choice or if that's something that he's just kind of struggling. That is fine. You know, the, the the next thing you could do is make it into a new age thing and then add some actual wave sound effects and then it becomes a white noise sleep tape, and then maybe oh. and I, I would cut the I would cut the vocals out at that point. You know, just that's kind of a good idea for a radio show. Yeah, just a meditation broadcast where nobody says anything but there's some wave sounds that would be kind of neat i like that i like the idea it's kind of a theater of the mind thing you'd have to do it on one of those hippy dippy you know stations that doesn't have a commercial break because uh, yeah <laughs> the second you break into talking about vespa insurance and uh gasland theme parks it's just gonna wake people right back up speaking of which hate to do this but let's take a quick ad break pay a couple bills we'll be right back with paul myers Lake Elsinore, the weekend of August 1st, the first annual KPODD Cram and Jam. Cram and Jam. Today's hottest bands crammed together on one giant stage, forming one big jam band. 35-minute guitar noodling, brain-baking, aimless jams. No doubt, Foo Fighters, Stone Temple Pilots, and more. All together, all at once. Lord of mercy. We're cramming in 60,000 fans. The Southland's biggest crowd of yesteryear's hacky sack desperados, today's middling mushroom dealers, and tomorrow's organic food billionaires. The first annual KPODD Cram and Jam. Tickets on sale now. Back 
with Paul Myers here on KPODD 101.3. Guys, what a great morning. Paul, it's amazing to have you in here. Um, you. Anything you want to tell us about what's going on in the San Francisco scene? I was up there at a party for Live 105. This is before we got clean and sober. On top of the St. Francis Hotel, and I uh, have only very blurry memories of it, but I did invite Dave Wakeling and Rankin Roger back to my apartment for quesadillas. They did not accept. <laughs> well, I wonder why that is. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good boy. I must have looked like a Ralph Stedman drawing coming at those guys. Where did where, uh, so? How did you run into them? Like, they're are they up? Are they out here? No, they were doing some tour uh, for IRS or something. This was this was like a decade ago. I had just like blown my first couple of internships and was really starting to ramp up my partying. And somehow I was up there uh, visiting uh, uh, somebody at Live One Hundred and Five. Is that the station up there? Live One Hundred and Five. Yeah, it's, it's Live One Hundred yeah. and Five. Our sister station, of course. Oh, yeah. Owned by Whole Coast Radio, of course. Yeah. So I, I was up there for some reason uh, uh, and got wrangled into this thing. And yeah. And long story short, I can't return to the area. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I rarely go up there anymore because the last time I was up there, uh, Chris Isaac and Huey Lewis, uh, they like threw me out of the Fillmore I forgot about that. That's yeah. a great. They said they said I wasn't maintaining, and uh, it was it was ugly. You and gotta then, like. I mean, Chris I, Isaac is a gentle soul. I can't imagine what you were doing to get him that riled up. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really remember it super vividly. I think there's a Herb Kane uh, column about it in the uh, in the Chronicle <laughs> the next day, which uh, nice. was very embarrassing to me personally. It sounds, it sounds like something I would write about if I could get into the Bay Guardian, which I'm trying to. I've been trying to tell them that I should write for the Bay Guardian because it's. Uh, oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good yeah. 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 It's a great so, idea. So you know, a year ago idea. or so we. Moved here, and we were um, temporarily put up in a corporate apartment uh, because my my wife had the reason we came here is my wife had a job here. And oh yeah, don't tell us about corporate apartments. We live <laughs> yeah, at the Oakwood, my friend. <laughs> we're going long term at the Oakwood. This was the just, uh, Crystal Tower apartment, and it's like right down on uh, uh, Columbus uh, area, and it looks overlooks the view is Alcatraz, and you look down, and you see Bimbo's three sixty right underneath it, and that's where I saw Chris Isaac. The speak of the devil walking I guess he was maybe doing a show there or he was maybe visiting or something but it was like Chris Isaac in front of Bimbo 360 I mean how much more of a welcome do I need you know well Amazing. don't uh, don't come at him too suddenly from the left because apparently he'll throw you out <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's got a short fuse Chris Isaac let's just put it that way <laughs> That's been a lot of talk this morning. I think it's about time to get back to a 101.3 minute. But uh, we should thank we should thank Paul Myers before we go. Paul Myers, thank you so much for joining us here in the studios of K-Pod 101.3. That was so much fun, Paul. It was sure great having you in here today. Well, and welcome to the great state of California. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I hope uh, I hope uh, for I, I, I have so many things I want to do that uh, I hope all your hunches are correct. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he tends not to be wrong about these things. Well, uh, we've got to get into it. It's 101.3 Chaka Block with Rock Music Block coming at you right now on K-Pod 101.3. The, the Double, Double D. D. Doing nothing, watching TV.